I'm I'm so jazzed up, even though I spilt half my coffee today. Actually, well, I spilled it's exciting because like, you that means you still had half a coffee. I hmm. <laughs> it, I think it would be more accurate to say I spilled three quarters of my coffee on myself in my car. I went into work and then I turned around and I was like, I'm I'm going home. I will be back in an hour. So I'm gonna make that time up. But guess what, Bruce? What's that? Next episode. It's gonna be the new year. This is the last episode of the year. Winding it up. Twenty twenty one. Um, I almost made a joke about how this is the last episode of 2020. Huh? What? Oh. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Mm. Nope. Mm. Well. <sighs> I so. Eh. Let's get into it. Let's, let's do let's, this. Uh, let's we got lots over. to cover. Yeah. Um, here's our theme song. Hello, hello, and welcome to Temple of the False Pod, where our decks are not optimized, but our plays sure as heck are fun. Uh, happy soon-to-be New Year. Hope uh, hey, hey. all of your December holidays have been festive and fun. I don't um, like we've said, this is our last episode of the year. So we wanted to look back on 2020 uh, with, with a couple choice cards. Uh, I pick some, you pick some. That's about it. I don't think I picked any reprints, because... I... I made an effort to not pick reprints, just because. Uh, yeah, I mean, there were already enough cards printed this year. Yeah, yeah. Let, uh, let's focus on the stuff that was printed this year. I mean, just because. Yeah. Uh, take your pick. Uh, a- any of the reprints this year that are that were ridiculous. Uh, you. you <laughs> yeah. Let's just let's just stick with the new stuff. Yeah. By no means are these the best cards uh, printed this year, and by no means are these the most efficient cards i mean we've we've said it 45 46 times now yeah and uh, well i guess twice an episode so almost 100 times right and andy by the way by no means it wasn't printed in 2021 i think that was last year or the year before so so yeah we we each picked three cards that belong in the 99 yes uh, and three legendary creatures uh to head our decks um that were printed in the past year uh, the funny thing for me doing this research, quote unquote research, yeah, uh, scrolling through lists of cards, uh, I was like, oh, what about this one? Oh, nope, that was printed in 2020. Oh, what about this one? Nope, 2020. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't say that this year was unmemorable. I just think that there was a lot in a very short amount of time. I, I think what 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 I was seeing this year mm-hmm. was. Uh, yeah, overwhelmed with so many cards that none of the cards really got a lot of focus. Um, I, I was impressed by the number of cards that I looked at today that I don't think I'd ever seen <laughs> that I, I either completely missed the preview for and didn't see it anywhere else. Mm. Um, I, I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't say that includes any of the top cards that I've got on my list, but there were plenty of cards that I thought were very interesting or cards that were wonderful for specific decks yeah so for me it was very interesting because it was a lot of uh it was a lot of cards that i mean you'd see the set symbol and be like which which one is this oh yeah this is that that came out this year oh my gosh right um the year started off with Kaldheim back in february um which 
feels like that like it it feels in line with the rest of the 2020 line um because i think i mean like we said there was so much that came out in 2021 printed uh both uh first printings and reprints uh not including digital only cards in 2021 there were 3438 cards printed yeah uh unique cards right um which is a lot um so i mean it seems like we both ran with this idea of let's go with uh first printings so let's see let's see if i can f- remember this off the top of my head we started off with kaldheim yeah we had strixhaven yeah uh we had afr which is uh forgotten realms yes which took place of the the core, the set. core set uh we had the two innistrad sets so we had five main sets which is a lot how so did was, that happen was m21 this year m21 was last year um it's it's like cars it's like the the, the next year right um it's so that yeah, it's, i always i mix up the that yeah. one in the commander sets so I, I think it has something to do with the fact that like because it comes out during the summer it they want it throughout the standard of whatever year it says right um and i think uh in addition to those we also had modern horizons 2 jumpstart was reprinted um and then all of the commander decks. Uh, there was commander decks for each of the five sets, I believe. Yes. So we and had. And then there was the full set of commander that for Strixhaven. There were five. Right. So there are five for Strixhaven. There were two for the other ones, I think. Two for Kaldheim. Two for AFR. No, there were four for AFR. Okay. So there are nine, ten, eleven, and then there were two for each of the Innistrad. So there are 15 Commander decks that came out this year. Man. No wonder there were 3,500 cards printed. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, let's let's dawdle no longer. We have 12 cards to talk about. We normally talk about eight. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, let's let's start off with the, the in the 99 cards. Uh, these are these are cards that piqued our interest throughout the year. We either got to play with or didn't. Uh, we get to pl- plan. Uh, to play with them uh, and hopefully they're sitting in our carts in TCG player or whatever <laughs> whatever site we decide to use cool stuff Inc card kingdom any of you get at there us you go. Uh, <clears throat> let's see let me start please do I'm rambling paladin class paladin class paladin class love that one uh, an enchantment subtype is class and it costs one white Spells your opponent's cast during your turn cost one more to cast. Now, generally speaking, that's enough for me. Mm-hmm. Um, it's you know obviously by that by itself would be a little a little underwhelming, but for one white, it's uh, you know it starts you down the right path. Now level two, uh, you pay two and a white to get to level two. Uh, creatures you control get plus one plus one. Just sort of continuing on the good stuff theme. Mm-hmm. And then level three, it costs four and a white. And it says, whenever you attack, until the end of turn, target attacking creature gets plus one, plus one for each other attacking creature and gains double strike. Ooh-wee. Gets nice and big, nice and fast. Now, <clears throat> I picked Paladin class because I like a lot of what it does. Um, I like the whole set. 
mm. of, of class, uh, all of the class. The cards. cycle, yeah. I mean, sir, some of them are rather specific. Um, yeah. And, you know, part of the reason I looked at this was I've obviously, I have looked at Bard class uh, for, uh, for my Buzzbark deck because it reduces costs by red green. Oh, yeah. And, uh, it, it does so many things that, that really work with that deck. And I think each of the classes do this. They're, um, some of them are more generic mm-hmm. so that they would fit in more decks, but others are a lot more specific. Um, I think Paladin class is a little bit more generic, but mm. um, it seems like it's. I mean, it's it does the white thing, yeah, especially I mean, for like white weenies or right. It's there to pump up your you know hundreds of of token creatures so you <laughs> can get them a little bit bigger, and then one of them gets freaking huge. Yeah, um, obviously. I'm not going to go through and debate all of the benefits and the negatives and, you know, uh, exactly how each of them works. They work. Um, and I like I like the card. I like any card that does, has multiple abilities to it and does a lot of different things. It's, I, yeah, I think it belongs in any white deck that is creature-based. Uh, if solely because, like, for nine mana, uh, on your turn, spells cast, like, you get all of them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and obviously, you don't have to pay it all at once. You pay it, you know, as you can. Yeah. Um, I really like the level up creatures. Uh, so yeah. when I saw that they're doing it to enchantments, like, right. they're harder to interact with. It's great. They well, they set. The, yeah, everybody loves the installment plan. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, even level three. Level three is great for just the double strike, honestly. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean... To me, I look at this card and I'm going to put it in decks where the 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 basic and the level two are the, are what I'm looking for. Uh, level three, you have to pick your attacking creature mm-hmm. when you declare combat, so it's not as though, hey, surprise, I can now add this benefit right. onto any creature. So your opponent knows which creature has this before they before they start doing blocks. So. But at the same time, you know what it's going to be before you attack. Well, exactly. So you so, throw it onto the thing that has evasion right, and it you just, get... It just means that one of your creatures is huge, and now they have to decide, you know, are they going to block this thing? Are they going to let that through? Or are they going to chump? Mm. And they're going to have to make these same decisions the next turn, because <laughs> at this point, you've already paid for it, and after that, everything's free. It's all yep. gravy from there on in. But, and for them to interact with it, especially at instant speed... It costs, costs more. more and more. It's beautiful. Yeah. All right. Andy. My, my first card. Yeah. Um, is Keen Duelist. It's out of, I believe, one of the Strixhaven uh, pre-con decks. I, I think it might be out of uh, the Brina one, the black and white. Uh, for one and a black, you get a 2-2. There's a little, nice little bear with upside. Mm-hmm. Creature, human, wizard. At the beginning of your upkeep, you and target opponent each reveal the top card of your library. You lose life equal to the mana value of the card revealed by the other player. You each put the card you revealed into your hand. Hmm. Um, so, uh, it's like a nice, like, the name? On point. Fantastic. Um, because it's just basically at the beginning of your turn... The beginning of your upkeep, you each kind of just got, like it's like a like a spaghetti western like quick draw like right and uh, you flip the card over, you each get the card I think is that what it is at the end yeah 
you just put the card revealed into your hand. So, you know, you can either target somebody who needs the draw, or you can target somebody uh, if you've got, you know, a lot of high mana things. If you've somehow manipulated the top of your library so that you've got your high mana things up top, then great. You start doming the guy with the the you start doming your opponent that has the highest life total right um granted they get a card and uh or maybe you do it to the person who is likely to have low mana value cards uh because they're dealing you damage equal to their cmc and vice versa um and it's like a great little card i mean you get you get card advantage you get to hit some people um I just I love the flavor of the like the mechanic like it's I hope they continue to do stuff like that like it's right it's not quite silver border like levels of of interactivity right um, but it is it's like a little bit uh, out of the ordinary yeah and I like a card like this because it encourages you to build decks with like big bomby stuff yeah uh, and I love that. And I appreciate mana curve is important, and uh, you know you want to be able to play your cards, but I also want to be able to play the big cards. I yeah. want the I want the big the big guys, and a lot of times just everybody knowing that you have that in hand, that can uh, for a lot of the super expensive stuff, that's fine. It it, it works out well because they know what's coming. Mm. So uh, you know. If I see that my opponent flips over a removal spell, <laughs> or or even mass removal, uh, you know what's now coming. Have it, now yeah. everybody's and then everybody's playing that little bit different because of the, you the know, dynamic, this, this yeah. sub game, the dynamic that this card has created, and I like that. Um, yeah, um, Bruce, ready for number two? Yes. You you, you, want, you got a big number two coming for us? I do. I do. Hang on. Glorious sunrise. Um, oh yeah yeah it's an enchantment it costs three green and a green it says at the beginning of combat on your turn choose one uh creatures you control get plus and plus one and gain trample until the end of the turn uh target land gains tap add green 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 until the end of the turn which is handy uh draw a card if you control a creature with the power three or greater and option number four you gain three life. This is, you know, it's not surprising that this and Paladin class are both in my in my top cards just because I like the flexibility. I like the options that they provide. So a card like this, um, if I'm choosing one, well, if I'm going for a big swing, I choose the first one and get give my creatures plus one and trample. If, I, uh, if I'm, you know, still early on, still developing and looking to play out a big haymaker or multiple cards... Uh, I give target on the ability to tap for three. If I need card draw, I go that route. I guess if I'm about to lose, I gain three life. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, it's it gives you the options. This is rarely ever bad in any deck that can run it. Um, you know. Yeah. It feels it feels very similar to like Elder Gargroth where it's, you know, it attacks, you get a choice. Right. Um, this, this is interesting because like modular enchantments are always nice because you, most of the time you don't have to choose right away um and the fact that this triggers at the beginning of combat if you for whatever reason 
have it in like a gruel extra combat step kind of deck right it triggers multiple times a turn um you know the plus one plus one stacks or the you know obviously you can't stack the second mode but um you know all sales you get three life uh yeah i'm surprised this is five mana honestly uh it's green so it's not gonna be hard to get there but uh for three green and green i feel like i feel like it could have gotten away with like two green and green i think to me the trick with this card is you really do need it to it needs to be there for at least two turns, preferably mm-hmm. three. Yeah. I mean, any standard overrun effect is either four or five. Right. And gives you plus three in trample. Whereas this one, it costs one more and is giving you less on that end. Mm. So uh, so there's a limit there. But if I can get it twice, then suddenly it, it's, worth, it's worth its cost. Um, and then on top of that, there is the flexibility. Uh, if, if you play it before your combat, you pay three green, green, and then you can immediately follow it up with target land, add green, green, green. Yeah, well, so you get it back. And... So then you're getting at least two of that back. Yeah. Kind of. Right. And so. that's if, you know, you didn't play it on curve. and Exactly. Uh, yeah. So, but yeah, I like the card. Um, you know, again, I... There's obvious drawbacks, and mm. you know you can look at it and see that. But I like the flexibility that it offers; that it can go, go pretty much everywhere. So yeah, yeah. Um, my next card, I feel like I've talked about um, on this podcast before. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think of when I would have, but it's Mask of Grizzlebrand, um, also coming out of Innistrad. It's one black black for legendary artifact equipment. It's got equip three, and it says equipped creature has flying and lifelink. Whenever equipped creature dies, you may pay X life, where X is its power. If you do, draw X cards. I came very close to picking this card. I love it. Yeah. Um, I obviously love it in Tesa because it triggers twice. Uh, But honestly, generally what you're kind of missing with, like, black life-gainy decks is flying. Right. General evasion. Obviously, menace, you you can still be blocked. And then obviously the lifelink is nice. It'll trigger regardless if it's blocked. Uh, and if you're putting it on something that you know is going to die, so for the card draw, yeah, um, it gives your opponent a moment to second guess whether they're going to block and kill it, right? Uh, because they know that you're going to get that card draw, yeah. Um, and the fact that uh, you're gaining the life and then it dies. I mean, obviously. If somebody wipes the board, you're not going to be gaining the life before it dies. But generally speaking, if it dies in combat, uh, it's going to be because it did damage and then you get that life and then you get to pay it to draw those cards. Yeah. Um, It's nice that it's not you just draw one, you draw X as well. Yeah. Um, It also works extremely well with double strike. (laughs) If you give something double strike or you put it on something with double strike, it's... uh, it's a clean whistle. It's, it's very nice. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It's just a lot of fun. Yeah. I, part of what I like about it is just the cost. Yeah. I mean, it's only three to cast, It's and it's only three to equip. Now, you're getting flying and lifelink off of this, along with, oh, and if they kill your creature, you also get a bonus. Yeah. Uh, you know. You're rarely, like, I mean, obviously, towards the end game, uh, you may be rethinking this, but you're rarely going to be at such a low life total. Yeah, that where you're going to be concerned. Where you're about going to this. be like, oh no, I get to draw, you know, four cards for four life. 
Right. Is essentially well, what it comes down to. Yeah, and if the creature gets to go to combat, well, if you've got a three-three creature, it now has flying and lifelink. It goes to combat. It does three damage to the opponent, uh, three damage to your opponent's creature. Mm-hmm. So you gain three life, and now it dies, and you lose that three life that you gained, and draw three cards. Where's the loss? Right. Exactly. You, you're net up three cards. Yeah. Well, you're net up two cards, and that's with a three-three creature. I'll take that. Yeah. You know, and I, generally, like you, like you know what you're throwing it into yeah. for the most part, right? Um, and that's without target removal or sure. board wipes. But and I love the idea that you know if you swing into a green, uh, an opponent playing green or an opponent playing black, sure they throw their death touch creature in front of it, and your creature dies, and maybe they actually pump up your have some way to pump your creature up huge. <laughs> I love the idea that. Somebody else would make your creature into a 12-12 or a 15-15. So you have to think about... Just so you have to draw all <laughs> those cards. Well, like, that's the thing, too, is that you don't have to pay the life. Right. You can and choose not to. And just, it's an amazing just let thing. let it go. Um, but, I, you know, I like the idea of the card. Um, it really does... It really does uh, uh, bring back or, or reimagine Gristlebrand. Oh, yeah. In a, in a very appropriate way. So. Um, I... I love this card. I immediately bought a playset and have it in two of my black decks. Right. All right. Let's start wrapping up our 99. Okay. I'm a land junkie, so I've got to include a land. Oh, uh, yeah. I'm going to include the World Tree. Mm. Um, World Tree it was out of call time. Uh, it enters the battlefield tapped. Uh, it taps for one green, and it says as long as you control six or more lands, lands you control have tap, add one mana of any color. Now... It has another ability at the bottom. And if you spend double Wooburg, so white, white, blue, blue, blue green, green etc. Yeah. Uh, and white, tap it, red, red, and then you have to sacrifice the world tree. It lets you search your library for any number of god cards, put them onto the battlefield, and then shuffle your library. Okay, so if you're building a god theme deck, you really should have the world tree in, in your the world tree in your deck. But if you're building a god deck, you already know that. Right. The key is, if you're building a deck that has three or more colors, you should probably have the world tree in your deck. Yeah. It's, well, you have to have green it is five. one of the three colors. You have to have it in five color deck anyway. But. Well, yeah, because of the color, the colored yeah. symbols. But the whole thing is, it isn't. Don't worry about whether you have gods and if you're going to sack. Oh yeah. How am I going to come up with the ten the ten mana plus still be able to sack the world tree? The line is, as long as you control six or more lands, lands you control have tap, add one mana of any color. So suddenly all of your lands now tap for any of the mana that you could need. It's beautiful. Forget about god decks. This is an auto-include in every five-color deck. Yeah. Um, I appreciate that this doesn't kick in until you control six or more lands, but it's yeah. as someone who always plays Temple of the False God... Which requires you to, which has to be your fifth land. Right. I can tell you right now, if you're playing the world tree, you're going to be just fine. And on top of that, the world tree taps for mana when you only have one land yeah. out there. So you just would not put be, it in. Yeah, you would not be upset if this was your first land. Um, uh, ideally, I would prefer it to be early on because oh, yeah. it enters the battlefield tapped. So on my first turn, when I might not even have a play, the, that's the best time to be playing Enter the Battlefield Tapped Lands. So, yeah. 
I, love, ar- I yeah. really like the world tree. It's arguably better than Chromatic Lantern, which then also fixes all of your mana forever. Um, because it's... Because it's, it's a land. It's a and land. people don't target lands. They uh, just don't. Yeah. And honestly, th- everyone can look at your commander. And they're going to see a five-color commander. And think about it for a second. And be like, is he really playing gods? Well, by the time you get close to having your six mana or your six land out, they're going to know if you're running a god deck or not. Mm-hmm. Even if you've tried to hide it with a different commander that has no relevance yeah. to the type. They're going to they're gonna know at this point and then make their decisions on how they want to treat the world tree at that point. But, um, you know, and I will say for opponents, with your, with your strip mines and wastelands and ghost quarters, I appreciate we want to let everybody play. You want them to be able to cast their spells. The world tree is a land you might want to seriously consider getting rid of. It's just going to enable everything that fast. So. Oh, absolutely. Um, and I think, too, especially where it comes from the same set as Nex- uh, Maskwood Nexus. Yeah. Um, where it's uh, four mana artifact creatures you control are every creature type. The same is true for creature spells you control and creature cards you own that aren't on the battlefield. Right. So, you know, if you see that come down with the world tree, uh, maybe immediately panic because <laughs> soon they will have enough to take yes. every single creature out of their deck and put it onto the battlefield yeah uh and that isn't casting so careful um yeah. it is a sweet card that i mean i think i would definitely like it's not i don't think it's necessarily a move on site land but it is definitely a thing to keep an eye on if you have things like strip mine or you def- yeah, you want to be aware. Field of Ruin. You want to yeah. be aware. Um, so my last... Okay. Uh, in the 99 card, um, I had two black. Now I'm going to have a red card. Okay. Uh, it's Crackle with Power because I just... Uh, I want it so bad. So it costs XXX, red, red. So three X's and red. Oh, boy. Red. Two red. Uh, it's a sorcery. Crackle with Power deals five times X damage to up to... X targets. Uh, you know, you pay five mana, you get to hit uh, one creature for five, or one target, one target for five damage. Right. You bump that up to X is two, so two, 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 and two. It's eight mana for right. two for ten, right? No, yeah, ten, ten, ten damage, damage to, two, to targets. two targets. Yeah. And then three. So three, 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 and two. So it's eleven. It's eleven mana, which isn't unheard of in late game Magic, or especially late game uh, Commander. You get to do fifteen damage to three targets, also known as your opponent's faces. Yeah, you fifteen out of nowhere at sorcery speed, of course. But like you know, th- you can see how this card can easily end the game. Yeah, um, it has a weird curve to it but um as long as you tap correctly like you should be okay um i'm surprised that uh this doesn't have the bane fire clause of like this like if x is more than whatever like it can't be countered but because i think bane fire is like x and red you do x damage to single target if x is greater than five it can't be countered right um so like I'm, i'm surprised if x isn't you know, like three or more, like it can't be countered. But uh, 
Like, I'm surprised that's not the case. Right. I'm surprised there's not another line of text on this card. Yeah. Uh, just to make it a little bit easier and less risky. Um, but uh, I'm going to throw it to break real quick because yeah. we're done with our 99. When we come Sounds back, we'll good. talk about uh, our favorite commanders printed this year or favorite legendary creatures. We'll, we'll talk about that when we get back. Uh, we'll be right back. This episode of Temple of Fallspot is brought to you by Blex, Vexing Pest. 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 And now back to you. All right, we're back. Um, thank you to our sponsor, Vex. Vexing Plest. <laughs> yes. Anyway, we each have three uh, legendary creatures uh, printed at some point in the past 12 months. Uh, so let's talk about them. I'll go first. All right. Um, my very first one is uh i've talked about this on twitter a bit um honestly maybe my favorite card printed this year it's fane the broker uh for two and a black i believe he came from also the the uh the brina pre-gone uh for two and a black he's a legendary creature human warlock uh he's got four abilities he's a he's a three guy yeah he's a three three tap sacrifice creature you can put two plus one plus one counters on target creature. Nice. Or tap, remove a counter from a creature you control. Create a treasure token. Tap, sacrifice an artifact. Create a 2-1 white and black inkling creature token with flying. Or for three and a black, untap Fane the Broker. Um, I just like, I, I love the like chain of effects Obviously, like, if you're going to do it right. in real time, it's going to take, like, rounds and rounds. Yeah. Generally, um, you're going to do this to make treasures or make your creatures bigger. Uh, the last part, a 3-2 flyer is fine, but you're putting so much effort into getting it that uh, it's it's a weird payoff, mm-hmm. but it can loop back around uh, to putting plus one, plus one counters on creatures. Uh, it's just a nice little cycle of, of uh, lines of text. Right. Um, three and a black to untap them is expensive, but if you have ways, uh, other ways to untap them, great. Uh, but I've got him in my, my Kirk deck uh, where he is mostly just around to put plus one, plus one counters on things. Right. Well, I mean, I look at Fane and I say to myself, okay, for three and a black... Mm-hmm. I can tap Fane and create a 2-1 white and black inkling token. Because you can tap it to get the treasure and then spend the four to untap it to then get the creature. Now, yeah, I understand. You need the token. But in other words, you can mix and match any two of these abilities and it re- and it essentially costs four. Mm. And that's what you can get in a turn. So then it's up to you to decide. Is it worth... Spending the four to untap him to get the other ability. Um, maybe it is, maybe it isn't. Um, yeah. But it's certainly uh, 
you know, it's something for it's something to think about, and uh, I'm sure there are times when you'll be happy to spend four mana to yeah. get a to get a flyer that that can block. Yeah, and so. the nice yeah the nice thing about it in Kirk <clears throat> is that you um you're getting counters already. The commander himself gives like right plus one plus one yeah. counters when you pay. Or when you play black spells. Right. So if you have ways to continually generate these plus one, plus one counters, mm-hmm. regardless of if it's in this deck or if you have Fane as the commander, um, you're essentially just, you're end of turning some treasures. Like yeah. you're getting some treasures for the plus one, plus one counters. And f- like to get treasures from that feels like cheating. Right. Like it's so easy to yeah. just get a little bit more mana here well, and there. And- it just it, it he also just says remove a counter. Yeah, it doesn't have to be a plus one plus one counter. There are plenty of ways that black has that ends up putting minus one minus one counters on creatures. Um, I can't remember is it persist that brings them back with a minus one minus one. I think so. Or is it a plus one plus? I mix the two of them up all the time. But our audience knows what I'm talking about. Yeah. So when it comes back onto the battlefield, it comes with a minus one minus one counter. Well, Fane is happy to turn that one that minus one minus one counter into a treasure and now your creature can once again die and come back with another counter oh yeah definitely so uh you know there's there's yeah. all sorts of ways to abuse what fane can do um or even i mean we were talking about in our our white enchantments episode the other day or a couple weeks back yeah where uh it was something that like gives like your it gives like the attacking creature some sort of like wall counter I don't, I don't remember. I okay. think it, it turned. It was sure, gold counters. defender counter. Yeah, or something it was gold like counters yeah. and, and all, everything as take it off. Gold counters because has defender, so it's like you can just take those off. Like right. whatever is holding your creatures back. Yeah, they don't have to be the plus one plus one counters. Right. Yeah, and like I said, holding your creature back. Well, I mean, bribery counters. Right. Um, there's there all sorts of things that can get put on your creatures that you can then remove. Um, and you yeah. Know, yeah, there's, there's all sorts of ways to have fun with this. Um, works well with uh, like the Ozolith as well, mm-hmm. where um, you know you, if you have like redundant counters, you can sure. take one of them off. Mm-hmm. If you have a flying counter on a flying creature, you right. can take it off for a treasure. It's amazing. Yeah, something else I like with commanders. Uh, if you, I mean, this commander provides you with a sack outlet. Mm. Um, you know, sack the creature. You don't have to sack the creature to get the plus one plus one counters. You, you can be sacking the creature because it's going to die anyway. Oh, and by the way, bonus, you get a couple of plus one, plus one counters on a target creature. Well, you always have a target creature because Fane is there. Oh, yeah. So he can target himself. So you can make him bigger if you want. Now, I understand you want to tap him to get all the abilities. You're not necessarily looking to swing in with him. But, well, even you if know, he's however eating, you want to use it. Even if he's eating up all these creatures to put plus one, plus one counters on him, he's a 3-3 three, three for 3. Like... That's a pretty solid stat line. Uh, yeah, it is. Especially for Commander. Right. So you, you throw like yeah. something like the Fire Shrieker on him and give him double strike and, sure, he's, and he's a threat for Commander damage. And in theory, for three and a black, mm-hmm. he has Vigilance. Yeah. yeah. If you want to go that yeah, route. You don't have to untap him for these things. Right. Um, and that's a, that's a great other point, too, is that if he's tapped for somebody's uh, combat uh, and they attack you, not remembering... 
I yeah. mean, oh, you yeah. don't, obviously you don't want to rely on them for getting. Yeah. It's but like, like, surprise, there's... my commander can now jump out and block. Yeah. Maybe not the ideal way to do this, but it, it can also be, surprise, that creature that you're blocking that was going to die. Yeah, now it's now I blocked it, and now I'm going to sack it and give one of my other creatures pl- two plus one plus one counters. Yeah. Um, there's, there are all sorts of benefits to this, and, you know, no, it, there's no one big huge moment but honestly, I want my commander to be effective all the way through, and I think Fane, Fane does that. Um, I love him so yeah. much. It's all downhill from here for me. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, then let me jump in. Uh, I too am going to follow. I'm going to follow with another black, uh, another black uh, legendary creature, uh, Gisa, glorious resurrector, uh, from Midnight Hunt. Uh, she costs two black and a black. For a four-four creature, so mm-hmm. we're we're sticking with the uh, mana for four uh, X mana for an XX creature, uh, legendary creature, human wizard. It reads: If a creature an opponent controls would die, exile it instead. Now, that is basically a big reason why this card's in the deck, mm-hmm. uh, or why I chose this one. Um, cards that mess with opponents' graveyards. They, they're format warping. Um, I've seen this again and again. Uh, and more and more and more decks are relying heavily on the ability to recur cards out of their graveyards. And this commander just says, no, 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 no. Um, so the first, the first line is, if a creature an opponent controls would die, exile it instead. Now, I've seen other cards do this. And they they are format warping, right? Like Kalidus, uh, like Kalidus. Um, the difficulty is, and while I love a format warping card, <laughs> it's classic sh- Bruce. It blocks too many of the cards. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are too many times when uh, when Kalidus has hit the battlefield for me because I have a Kalidus deck. Where my opponents are now like, okay, I, I gotta wait until I find a way to kill Kalidus to do anything mm-hmm. because I've just neutered their deck. And when I see that line on Gisa, I get worried. However, you follow it up with the next part. It said, at the beginning of your upkeep, put all creature cards exiled with Gisa, glorious resurrector, onto the battlefield under your control. They gain decayed. Which means a creature with decayed can't block when it when it attacks. Sack it at the end of combat. It means that eventually, most of these cards are going to come back to your opponent's graveyards mm-hmm. if you're planning to swing with them. Now, if you just want to stop them from messing around, well, then the card goes. It's exiled at the beginning of my at the beginning of my upkeep. Uh, you put those cards onto the battlefield under my control. You get all of those ETBs. All those ETBs. That's the big part. But just don't attack. Yeah. Don't attack. Because the decayed token sits there and it only comes off when you swing, right? It Yeah. Uh, it, it dies when you swing or, I mean, obviously, board wipes. Right. But and it can't block. It can't block, so you're not going to be using it to... Yeah. Right. So it's a creature. It has an enter the battlefield trigger. You get that. And then as long as you, if you want to make sure your opponent never gets it, just push it off to the side. It's now 
uh, an enchantment or it's <laughs> it's a creature that's just going to sit there and do nothing because you don't want your opponents to have it. Right. Now, having said that, when was the last time you played a creature in Commander that didn't have an Enter the Battlefield trigger? Yeah. Almost every single creature has some kind of Enter the Battlefield trigger. Or you at least just want them gone. You don't want your opponent to get to play it again. So once it hits the graveyard, you don't want it coming back again and again. And Gisa can stop that. However, mm-hmm. you also have that opportunity to open it up. It's it, This is not a forever moment. Uh, this is not uh, uh, this is not Kalidus, which just completely locks people out. All this card is doing is discouraging your opponents from from letting their creatures go to the graveyard. However, they just got to get rid of Gisa. Mm. Uh, they just have to get rid of, uh, and not even that. You can be the one doing it because you have the option to swing. I mean, if they've given you a massive creature, then you're going to swing. I mean, it doesn't just have to sit there forever. You can, you know, you can wipe the board, and those cards will all end up back in your graveyard. So, yeah, um, you know, um, I find it interesting because it doesn't, it doesn't have a clause about what happens to your creatures, um, which I mean, obviously, would end up breaking this card in half. Yeah, um, well, that's why it's, you know, if a right. creature an opponent controls would, right. would die, exile it. Um, and obviously, it gets weird with things like the Nutristani from from the the war of the spark era um where it's like at the beginning of your turn or at the end of your turn i don't remember it's one of those uh every player gains control of the creatures they own uh so like it gets weird there uh or like homeward path um but even if that happens you know very niche scenario corner case if you will um they are still they still have decayed Right. Uh, so, so if you know that it's going to go back to your opponent, just swing. Well, or put it, the, put it back in their graveyard. Or if they swing with it and it has decayed, it's going to die. They control it. It's going to come back to you. Yeah. So, you know, not all that bad. Yeah. Um, I mean, as a mono black commander, it's beautiful. Yeah. I love this card. Yeah. Um, it it reminds me a lot of uh, was it Liesa or whatever from uh, set. Uh. Just Lisa, isn't it? Yeah. Um, from oh, okay, that was also that was Midnight Hunt. Uh, basically, she's a flying lifelink angel four or five. Uh, whenever another non-token creature you control dies, return it to the uh, return that card to its owner's hand at the beginning of the next end step. If a creature an opponent controls would die, exile instead. Uh, so it's interesting that like you know these come from budding sets, uh, but. Or no, they both come from Midnight Hunt, um, and they have this clause of like, well, you know, your cre- your your opponent's creatures get exiled. Uh, and if the thing is with Gisa is that if she leaves the battlefield before your upkeep happens, those things don't come onto the battlefield; they stay exiled. Granted, I think if you put her out again, and it comes back around, it would trigger then, and you'd get. Right, even more this time. Yeah, uh, which is pretty neat. What's your next card? Number two. Number two. My number two and number yeah. two. My next card is 
Lelia. Lelia the Blade Reforged. Two and a red. I like these three mana commanders. Uh, for a 2-2 with haste. Legendary creature. Spirit warrior. Just ghost. Uh, when... Whenever Lelia the Blade Reforged attacks, exile the top card of your library. You may play that card this turn. Whenever one or more uh, one or more cards are put into exile from your library and or your graveyard, put a plus one plus one counter uh, on Lelia. Lelia, there we go. All right. Um, so this works really well in the ninety nine with Prosper. Just putting that out there. Prosper says you get like bonuses for playing things out of exile. Anyway, yeah. Uh, as a commander, it's nice to see a two-two for three with haste. Um, right, and essentially it's a three-three. Right, because you're immediately triggering it as soon yeah. as she attacks. You're triggering it. It gets one bigger, um, and uh, you get the 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 impulsive card draw as well. Yeah, it's amazing, uh, and. You know, it works really well with, you know, you're never going to be worried about getting Bajuka bogged because she's just going to blow up. Um, uh, it works really well with any card that gives you multiple combat steps. Because then you're exiling more than one card at a time. And mm. in theory, uh, you know, if you swing once and it becomes a 3-3 three, three, and you've exiled a card and then you get to swing again on the same turn, then it becomes a 4-4 four, four, and you've thrown another card into the... Or you put another card into exile, um, so it's uh, it works very well that way. Um, yeah, and <clears throat> I mean red is the color of uh, impulsive card draw. You've got, mm-hmm. I mean, um, obviously act on impulse, the the namesake. Um, but even like newer cards, like Bergy, the new Chandra. Like yeah. I mean, most most Chandras have some sort of impulsive card draw attached to it. Um, it's you're going to be churning through your deck, throwing it all into exile just to play the best cards and making Laylia that much bigger and better. Because the great thing about these uh, impulsive card draw is that you play it from exile. So like you're putting it into exile, getting the plus one plus one, and then if you end up playing it, it goes to your graveyard. I mean, or battlefield or whatever it is. Um, I keep thinking that it's like oh like whenever you exile a non-land card but like this works on land as well and it's beautiful it's amazing um it's it's a great card um yeah and she says you can play that card so you can play a land from exile right it generally you want to play your land first main phase play your spell second main phase but like right you're gonna have that chance of hitting a land yeah and the joy is there's a ton of red cards that do this i mean you know, you can look at, uh, I don't know, half of the Chandras yeah. end up exiling a card that let you play right, it. Right. Uh, and as you said, a number of the new cards do it. Um, and, you know, you can just, you can scroll through this uh, fairly quickly and, and spot all kinds of ways to do this. So, no, I love the card. Yeah. What's your second one? Uh, I got this great card, uh, Andy. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. I don't is know if our fame? audience have ever heard of it. The Temple of the False God? No, it's Liesa, Forgotten Archangel. Oh, my God. <laughs> I was laughing as you were talking about it because I knew it was my next card up. I uh, honestly thought it was printed last year. 
Maybe because I got confused because she had a card in Commander Legends as well. She did. Um, so Lisa Forgotten Archangel is two white, white, black. Uh, it's a legendary creature angel. She has flying and lifelink. And as Andy's already said, whenever another non-token creature you control dies, return that card to its owner's hand at the beginning of the next end step. If a creature an opponent controls would die, exile it instead. Um, again, this is... Uh, you know, this is where we're we're falling into Kalidas territory again mm-hmm. with this card. Um, but what I like is that um, you get the benefit, uh, right? So you're getting the bonus on this end. Um, I enjoy this card, and honestly, for five mana, uh, I look at it and and say that okay, this is a command. This isn't a commander. This is or this isn't a creature. This is an enchantment. Mm-hmm. You're going to play it out once. And there's a very good chance you're not going to get to play it again when they remove it. Because now you're yeah. talking seven mana. So I look at it as uh, as a slowdown on my opponent's, uh, on, on, my, on any of my opponent's recursion strategies. Yeah. You're not, you're not cutting it off because the card costs five. As soon as they get rid of it once, now you're paying seven? I might pay seven. Am I going to pay nine? <laughs> Almost definitely not. So I look at this as a great, uh, you know, a great slowdown. Yeah. Um, but this is not a build around card, which is a little different from what I normally do. I normally really focus around the, around the build around the, commanders. Yeah, around the build arounds. But I just really like the idea of uh, it's like here I'm putting a significant speed bump in front of my opponents. Right. And I am relying completely on my 99 of white and black. To win this game for me, yeah, it so. it, it does three things for me okay. uh, in my eyes. Uh, the first thing is, is that it deters them from board wipes. Period. Right. Because uh, she still triggers if she dies in a board wipe. Uh, so like all of your creatures except for her come back to your hand. She dies and goes yeah probably back to uh, the commander command zone. Jeez. Um, so it it deters from board wipes or. It requires your opponent to play two cards. One, targeted removal to kill Liesa, and then the second to wipe everything. Right. And then the third thing is that it protects everything from your board from board wipes. Uh, and it's beautiful. It's a it I love this card. Um, I wonder I wonder how much how much field bads there are with this card. There's gonna be a few. There's definitely going to be a yeah. few, but um, like I said, uh, this is not something I expect to play, and I'm going to fight real hard to keep on the battlefield. Right, getting it out is I'm, enough. Yeah. I'm playing it. I'm playing it for speed bump purposes, and yeah. not much else. You you so. know when you're going to get it in. Right. Um, my last card is the the one deck that I never got around to making. Uh, I f- saw this card during the summer, and I was like, man. I just want to make this deck, and I never did. It's Delina, Wild Mage. For, th- uh, for three and a red, you get a 3-2 legendary creature, Elf Shaman. Uh, whenever Delina, Wild Mage attacks, choose target creature you control, then roll a d20. 1 to 14. Create a tapped and attacking token. That's a copy of that creature, except it's not legendary, and it has exiled this creature at the end of combat. 15 through 20. Yeah, you got pretty good chances there. 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20. Yeah. That's 6 out of 20. Yeah. You got one-third of a chance to 
uh, one out of three to, to get this. Create one of those tokens, period. You may roll again, period. Uh, this had a day one errata. It used to say roll again, uh, but it goes infinite without really any stake uh, with something else. I don't remember. It's some blue creature that you roll two, yeah. and it, you continue to... And the odds are that become infinitesimally small that you will ever not roll above 15, or you will not roll under 15. Uh, but, you know, as a mono-red deck, uh, you get all your big... All of the... <laughs> All of the big red creatures, especially the legendary creatures, uh, have fantastic effects. Ilharg, I mean, granted, yeah. these things are already attacking, so you don't get the attack uh, trigger. But you know, you've got that. You get a you get a little unlegendary one, a six six with trample. Uh, you know, you've got all these these red creatures that um, do these amazing things. I. I have this in a in a historic brawl deck on Arena where I continue to put out uh what's what's the uh, Terror of the Peaks. Yeah. So it's whenever a creature comes into play, you deal con or you deal damage to a target equal to its like power or something. So if you know you continue to get fifteen or higher yeah. with this, you just keep creating more and more and then they trigger off of each other. And it's amazing. It's a big kaboom. And you it's know what, what I like about this card? A lot of things. Oh, there's, yeah, there's a number of things. Uh, first off... Rolling dice. Uh, rolling dice. Mm -hmm. Always great. I'm a big fan of rolling dice. Anybody who's seen me play Buzzbark knows this. Uh, number two... Mm -hmm. Her power is three. Oh, yeah. That works in my Grenzo deck. So uh, I think I just found another card <laughs> to go into Grenzo. Because, uh, I mean, hey, more tokens, more attacking. Uh, and... It's uh, you know it's just a funky card that does different stuff and I love I love the idea and there's you know it's not like it's uh, there's some sort of cast trigger thing that I need to worry about so yeah just uh, kind of give her haste yeah so Delina Wild Mage sounds great mm. we got one card left one card left of the year yeah um, it's a card my friend John actually likes quite a bit I know uh, he just he just got so excited yeah. sitting there. Uh, Coma, Cosmos Serpent. Ah, I thought you were going to uh, say Volo. No. <laughs> <laughs> Same colors. <laughs> Show me uh, in the deck. There we go. Um, for three green, green, blue, blue, uh, it's Como, uh, Cosmos Serpent. It's a legendary creature serpent. Uh, this spell can't be countered. <laughs> At the beginning of each upkeep, that's each upkeep, not your upkeep, uh, create a 3-3 three, three blue serpent creature token named coma's coil uh sacrifice another serpent choose one you tap target permanent its activated abilities can't be activated this turn uh or coma cosmos serpent gains indestructible until end of turn now we've played against this a number of times with my friend john who happens to have just walked into the room so this thing is un practically unkillable if it's if you let two maybe three tokens worth get get out onto the battlefield mm -hmm. um but in spite of that this is a blast to play um it's a blast to play against like i have a good time playing against this have it trying to 
you know, figure out how to manage this and make this work. Um, Especially like with, I mean, you it, you essentially team up with your two other opponents at this yeah. point. Like, uh, <laughs> I've I've played against this in in on arena and it's miserable. But like one on one commander is not what I play commander for. Right. So no, and that's that's sort of the benefit of this one. Um, I like the card. I, yeah, I think it. It does a lot of the things that I like to do, meaning make tokens, um, and the idea that you can, you know, uh, stopping opponents, uh, opponents' creatures' activated abilities is, uh, it's something that I don't do very often, and you don't realize how strong that is until you start running cards like this and doing and encountering those abilities. Uh, it's, they're all over the place, mm. so... Yeah. yeah it's a fun card oh yeah and it's a 6-6 six, six, so uh, you know Lady <laughs> yeah. Beats so I think, I'm I think all my, about it yeah I think my favorite thing about Coma is that like because you are getting so many tokens um, you know you you sack one to somebody's kill spell hmm. and then uh, they surprisingly have another so you sack <clears throat> another one like that's it that's all you have to do it's just like it it's miserable but well, it's the, great the difficulty is that if if i uh, i as a player can get rid of force john i'm gonna say john because john was the one i played against if i can force <laughs> john to get rid of one of the tokens then in essence i have done almost nothing because he's going to get another one on the next upkeep so uh so in essence each player has to get rid of two of the of these tokens if you want to gain any ground at all yeah, and trying to get rid of two at a time, two of them is tough. Unless you know, yeah, I mean, like that's you essentially you're at mass removal, and then you still need to get rid of coma again. Yeah, because it's now indestructible. Either cyclonic rift or exiling are really the answers to this. Yeah, basically, um, or just like player removal uh, is always well, a choice. If you can get through the six six and all those three three tokens, then yeah, player removal is a great a great option. Definitely. So, all right. I think that's going to wrap it us wrap it up for us this year. Happy Man. 2021, everyone! Uh, I hope you all have a great 2022. I know we'll be sticking around. So uh, we'll see you on the other side. Uh, John, you want to say? Adios, vaya con Dios. All right. Here we go. Uh, have a great night. We're going to go play some magic. Uh, John's John's rearing to go. So uh, let's go do that. Have a great night, everyone. We're the Temple of False Pod, where our decks are not optimized, but our plays sure as heck are fun. I'm Andy. I'm Bruce. I'm John. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for hanging out. Uh, have a great night. May your fifth land be the Temple. Bye! Wait, wait. Before you go... I uh, just wanted to say thank you for listening. You can reach out to us via email at falsepodmtg at gmail.com or on Twitter at falsepodmtg. Bruce is at manaburned and I'm at andyweekend, though you'll definitely notice I use the podcast Twitter far more often. Now that we've got you here, make sure you subscribe, like, rate us on uh, whatever podcast platform you use. It helps us out. It gets us more reach. 
subscribe to us on our YouTube channel. Uh, like a video there, leave some comments for more casual enjoyment. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back with some more timeless discussions about all things casual. So come hang out, and may your fifth land be the temple. Bye-bye. Should I do my best, Bruce? Bye!